Hello everyone and welcome back to the Football Trigger Podcast. My name is Thomas Durning and today I am joined by my co-host Pierce McLaughlin. Hello Pierce. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing well. On today's podcast, we'll be reacting to Scotland's two matches from this international week and Pierce will be giving a rundown of all the latest Asian football news. So coming up next, we'll be reacting to Scotland versus England match. So on Tuesday, 12th of September, England defeated Scotland 3-1 at Hampden Park. This friendly match was played to celebrate the 150th anniversary of the first meeting between Scotland and England. And just also as well, it's the oldest fixture in uh, world football. So Pierce, what is your reaction to this result? Well, I think the... It, it, it did surprise me a little bit considering how well Scotland have played in recent times and the fantastic run they've been on in the qualifying campaign and also the unbeaten run uh, in competitive fixtures under Steve Clark has been nothing short of sensational. I think it's 11 matches unbeaten in total in a row um, and obviously 5-5 five and five in uh, the qualifying campaign for the Euro 2024 in Germany. Um, but and obviously England at the weekend... Um, surprisingly drew nil nil with Ukraine, and I think they had a bit between the teeth. England, I think they had a rollicking for the manager, and I think they had a point to prove. Um, I think obviously with Scotland getting that fantastic result, um, at the weekend against Cyprus, to make it um maximum points so far. Um, I think they're just England had more more to prove, and I think Scotland kind of didn't really make any changes. And I think players just looked tired and they looked off it from the get-go. And I think England, in the end, showed their, their class. I think they just kind of... You can see why a lot of the players in the England team set up, play for like European giants like Manchester City, Real Madrid, etc. The list goes on. Like You can see why they're worth hundreds of millions of pounds of talent. And... It's, it's sad to see, but it's just it was a there was there was a clear golfing class yesterday. I think the the England team just they just it was like an exhibition match at times. I think they just passed the ball in for fun and um, Scotland, like they say, they always, they always work tirelessly, put their heart in the sleeve and um, no, but I think England just kind of showed their class in the end and um, they ran out of comfortable winners. Yeah, um, well, obviously, just before this match started. Uh... The atmosphere was amazing, and um, you know, it was quite interesting to see the two national anthems, which was um pretty interesting. But in terms of the match as a whole, uh, I just think for Scotland it was just a step too far. Um, last night, um, you know, Scotland have been on an amazing run of form. Uh, you know, they've had such a brilliant time of it so far in terms of victories and stuff. But last night. I think was a match to see where Scotland are as as a team, and it quite last night showed that there is still a bit to go. You know, obviously England are one of the top top nations in the world. They're ranked in the top five, uh, in world football, and they kind of showed that last night, especially in the first half for England. But they were really really good in the first half. You know, right from the get go, they controlled the ball. You know passed it around really well, one touch, two touch, you know, Scotland just couldn't get into the match at all, really, in that first half, they just couldn't get up the pitch, you know, every time they've got one of the ball back, you know, England were just quickly 
you know, retrieving it again. And, um, you know, uh, England probably did deserve to lead in the first half. You know, the second goal was lucky because Robertson makes a, a bad mistake, you know. Um, uh, but, you know, in the end, at the end of the day, you know, England did deserve to win the match, you know, and there there is a there is a golf in class at the moment, you know. We are, we are both Scottish, so I don't know about you, but it, it does hurt me to say that, but it is, it's true. Like it is true. Um, you know. But uh yeah, uh, I deserved England to win and uh you know you know, obviously disappointing for Scotland and the Scotland fans as well. Uh so the man of the match from the match last night was awarded to Jude Bellingham. So Pierce, how impressive do you think he was against Scotland? I thought he was head and shoulders above the rest. Um, it's hard to think he's only 19, 20 years of age. And you can see why you know, Jude have paid that much money for him. Um, he started a house on fire over in Madrid, five goals in four games. And he just doesn't maturate about his game. Um, over six foot, He's box to box. He can run. He's confident in the ball. He can beat in the half turn. He's strong, physical. He's, he likes a tackle, and he's a goal for it. He's he's like a modern day kind of like like Frank Lampard or a Steven Gerrard that type of player. Box to box arrives late, and he, he can he can he can ride a tackle. And he just he, even though he's probably one of the the youngest players in the squad for England, um. He's probably he's probably one of the go to men in terms of creativity and just kind of making things happen for them. And you seen that last night with the, the third goal for Harry Kane. Literally, he gets the ball, he's back to goal. Onto Christie, then slotted, and then he plays an inch perfect pass through to Harry Kane, who makes no mistake. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm not surprised considering how well he's done at Dortmund and at Real Madrid, and it's just the early days there. But no, you can see why the Teams are he's highly sought after in terms of he was, he was wanting the Premier League by most of the top clubs at like Liverpool, Manchester City, Chelsea, um, and obviously now he's playing for one of the biggest clubs in the world in Real Madrid, and he's thriving. And you can see he handles the pressure, but he looks humble as well, which is a, a great trait to have. And um, no, I think the future looks bright for him, and uh, he's thoroughly sort of deserved man of the match in my opinion. Yeah, he was he was fairly deserved man of the match. You know, he was. He was by far the best player on the pitch last night. You know, he's just... I mean, for someone that's only 20 years old, you know, he looks like he's been playing football for, you know, 20-odd years. You know, he's just so mature for his age. You know, uh, you know, obviously got a goal and an assist last night. You know, his assist for Harry Kane was just... was just amazing, you know. It was, um, you know, it was such a good goal. Um, But, you know, he's just, he's just a, a brilliant player. You know, he's... He's so technically good, you know. He's so strong and tall, you know. He's he, he really was last night, especially just head and shoulders above everyone else on the pitch. And then you know, you just touched on it at Real Madrid. You know, I don't know if there's a for a player if there's any more pressure than playing for Real Madrid in the world. You know, there's such you know that there's such high expectations at Real Madrid, and you know he's just come in, and you know he's he's scored five goals. Already, and I think we did have only scored eight goals this season, so it's quite it's quite amazing to see. Um, you know, you know, it's, it, for England especially, it's you know it must be so exciting to have a player of that quality. 
and especially the fact that he's so young, you know, I, I definitely think he will become the England captain in the future, if not in the near future. You know, he's just so, so it's just the maturity for me. That's just the big thing when I when I talk about Jude Bellingham. It's just the fact that for someone so young to be that mature on the pitch and just, you know, he's just so he, he's just an amazing player. And yeah, you know, fully deserved to be one of the match last night. Um and yeah. But disappointing overall, you know, just touching on the fact that obviously me and you are Scottish, so it's obviously, you know, we we all want to be we all want to be England, you know, the they're our fiercest rivals, but you know, sometimes you've just got to take it on the chin and you know, just accept that you know, you know, at the moment England are a better side than Scotland, you know. Just got to accept it. Um so we will now move on to um reacting to the Scotland versus uh, Cyprus versus Scotland match. So on Friday, the eighth of September, Scotland defeated Cyprus 3 0 in the city of Larnaca. So goals from Scott McTominay, Ryan Porteous and John McGinn were enough for Scotland to make it five wins from five in the Euro 2024 qualifying group stage. So, Pierce, what is your reaction to this result? Yeah, phenomenal result and performance. Um, it was surprising to see Scotland score so early and then had a second so quickly and then obviously had the game sewn up by half-time. And obviously, it's great to see a Scottish player at the top of the European qualifying goal-scoring charts in uh, Scott McTominay. Uh, considering the, the talent is out there, like Harry Kane, Christian Ronaldo, Rasmus Hoyland, to name a few. Um, but no, I thought it was a thoroughly uh, professional performance. Didn't allow Cyprus many clear-cut opportunities and more kind of shots from distance that they had. Uh, I don't think Angus Gunn was really tested that much and obviously the, the, when when called upon the defence and goalkeeper uh, stood resolute and um, no getting getting the, the goals the three goals in the first half was 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 key that way you just kind of see the game out be comfortable just keep possession and uh, I think Scotland executed the game plan brilliantly and it's um, good to see uh, John McGinn getting back to the score sheet as well because um, he's become quite a talisman as well for us in recent times and um, no Solid professional performance and great to see another victory and um and a step closer to uh, Germany in twenty twenty four. Yeah, um, you know, obviously a bit more positive now about Scotland, but um, on Friday they were they were really good. You know, uh, the first goal that they scored, I think, was in the first five minutes. Scott McTominay again, you know, ridiculous the amount of goals he's scoring for Scotland at the moment, but he got us the goal, uh, which kind of calmed everything down, you know, and. You know, that first half especially, you know, you know, they went 3-0 up in the space of half an hour and I was thinking at that point that this could be any score. You know, Scotland were just so comfortable and, you know, in that first half, um, you know, they were they were so on it, you know, they were passing the ball around really well. You know, Cyprus just couldn't, couldn't get near Scotland in that first half. And then the second half of the game kind of, it died down a bit, you know, there was no real flow to the game. You know, I think Scotland they were just happy to sit on that three 0 lead, um, and I think Cyprus were just kind of they they just set up in a defensive block, just trying, just hoping that they don't concede any more goals. Um, but it was, you know, it was a it was a brilliant performance in Scotland, and you know, uh, going into this international break, you know, I think 
majority of Scotland fans would have said that the Cyprus game was more important than England game because of the fact that the Cyprus game had more on it in terms of the fact that, you know, it was a qualifying match, whereas the England match was a friendly match. And, you know, I think the game on Friday for Scotland was quite was was quite a crucial one, you know. Uh you know, obviously, you know, Spain are that you know, they've hit form now, you know, I think they they um, they scored seven goals against Georgia. They scored six goals last night. So Spain are right back in this uh, qualifying group stage. Um, but you know, obviously again Scotland, they pick up the three points, five points from five, fifteen points. You know, it's it's the perfect return at the moment. Um, you know, funnily enough, Scotland could have qualified last night during England match. Um, if Norway and Georgia uh, drew that match, Scotland would have qualified, but Norway won. So um Scotland aren't there yet. Um but I was just gonna I was just gonna go into that, you know, obviously they do have fifteen points now, Scotland. Do you think they'll qualify for Euro twenty twenty four? I think it's a it's not it's not an if it's when kinda I think Scotland have just been that great form. Although we do have a a difficult away tie to Spain, who will be, like you said, they're hitting top form at the moment. Um, but the, th- the fact is they're beating cities that they should be expecting to beat. Let's, let's not kid ourselves on Georgia or no great team considering the talent pool that Spain have got. Um, so they should be winning that sort of game. But the fact is, look at them, did they keep your hand in? Scotland humbled them because they thought they could field a, a second string side. Um, but they will be gone in for revenge in in the return fixture. Um and I do expect that to be a difficult game for Scotland. But like you say, we've got got Georgia still to play again and we've got Norway at home. So you can expect Scotland to potentially not pick up anything in Spain, but you could potentially win you could potentially get another six points in Norway and Georgia. And 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 actually all but secured qualification. Um, and I, I do expect Scotland to get six points from uh, Norway and Georgia. But I think if you get something from Spain, phenomenal. But it's going to be a really tough ask, especially in the heat. And the fact is, they're just they'll be wanting that revenge after the last time because, like you say, um, all the Spanish players are rattled, uh, especially Rodri, which was great to see. Um. So a positive for Scotland. No, I do think Scotland will qualify, and um, let's say it's just going to be when, not if. Yeah, I mean, I think they will qualify, but I'm not going to be. You sound so confident. I'm not going to be as confident because, you know, you know, they they they're, two, they're only two points away. You know, they only need two more two more points, and you know, obviously the next game, Spain away, which is going to be, it's going to be really difficult. You know, they seem to have hit form right now. You know. I think that's 13 goals in two games they've scored. Okay, they've only played Georgia and Cyprus, but um, you know, that 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 that's gonna be a difficult game for Scotland, you know. I'm just one of these two, I just want Scotland to qualify as soon as possible, you know. Um well, great. You know, I think they will qualify. Um, we've only conceded one goal in the qualifying, and that was a penalty for Haaland, so yeah, absolutely. You know, they've been you know, exactly so defensively, they've been brilliant in this qualifying group stage. Uh, it's just you know right now it's quite weird because right if you'd have told me before the England game if Scotland would qualify I'd be more than confident but just because of the England result you know I'm a bit like I'm a bit still a little bit deflated um, you know but uh, you know 
seriously, but I do think Scotland will qualify. You know, three more games. They've got Spain away, Georgia away, Norway at home. You know, I think uh, Georgia away, I think Scotland are more than capable of going there and getting the result. And, you know, I, I don't think Georgia have got any chance really anymore of getting to Euros now. So, uh, I think they will. I think they'll do it, Scotland. Um, you know, it'd be amazing if they could do it in the next match, which would be Spain away from home. That would be, that'd be amazing. Um, but I do think they'll qualify. And, you know, when they do qualify, you know, we, we will talk about it. And, you know, uh, it'll, be, it'll be amazing to, to see them in Germany next year. Uh, so for the final part of the show, Pierce will now give his Asian football roundup. Yeah, so um, obviously the top international break, so there was postponement of fixtures the world over. So um, Japan um, played two matches, and uh, I think probably one of the most important fixtures was the first match, which was on Sunday, um, the 10th of September, um, which is a great day because it was my birthday. Um, so they played uh, Germany, and um, they dis- destroyed them 4-1. Um, and so many football at times is scintillating. Um, and obviously, I think one of the standout players was probably Junior Ito um, on that right flank, and it uh, caused Germany all sorts of problems. And it resulted in uh, Hansi Flick losing his job at Germany. And that's the first time it's ever happened in, in the history of the German national team. So that is a, an important fixture. And obviously, it was in Germany as well. So massive upset there. And then obviously, but it was no surprise because Japan, if that's the second competitive fixture on the, or second fixture on the road they've beaten Germany they beat them in, in uh, Qatar um, and also they followed up on Tuesday Tuesday night where they played um, Turkey and, and Belgium and it was a 4-2 win um, they were 3-1 three, three up at half time could have been a lot more and then the second half Turkey brought in all of their key players um, in terms of um, Hakan Chalonoglu and uh, Shingi Zunder who changed the game for them and Kind of Japan kind of nicked a goal at the end to make it a bit more comfortable because it wasn't three two and nearly three three at a moment. Um, but I've got a match report on that on the website and um, check that out. So it was a really good entertaining match. But um, now Japan, um, scored eight goals, conceding three, beating Turkey and Germany. Now so it was a great innings for them, and also they used a lot of their squad as well. So aye, exciting times for Japan. So in terms of South Korea, uh, they played uh, on Friday in Cardiff when they played Wales. And it was a nil-nil draw. Um, and you're struggling to see any positives in, in Klinsman's uh, reign at the moment. Um, struggled to really create anything. And, and it's a well side that's kind of on the downturn since losing Gareth Bale as well. So, um, no, disappointing performance on Friday. And then they played on Wednesday as well when they played um, Saudi Arabia at St James's Park. And 1-1-0 wasn't really convincing again. Bit of a lucky goal with Chugo Sung. Um, still to finish it, but um, so it took him six games. Jurgen Klinsmann to get his first first victory, and there's a lot of talk in Korea that they're, they're, they're just not happy with him at the rain in terms of there's not really any style of play, and um, it's getting a bit. There's some things getting lost in translation with the media as well. So, and the fact is he's not living in South Korea. He's still living in America and doing Zoom meetings and stuff like that. So. Everything's a bit frosty there. But in terms of other Asian football news, um, so the K-League Disciplinary Committee has um, fined Dejan Hanna Citizen 10 million won for incident in which um, a spectator threw a water bottle 
and hit the referee after the game against Suwon FC. Um, and uh, Guangzhou FC star Jasir Asani is apparently in talks with an unnamed uh, UEE club, so United are Emirates. Asani has been one of the main catalysts this season for newly promoted Guangzhou FC as they find themselves in third place and um, it would be a major loss for the K-League one as well. So 7-11 um, last week announced that um, at the start of September that they announced that the, the K-League Panini cards. So within the first six days, they've sold more than 700,000 packs since its release. And um, so Panini also plans to release the hobby collection this month, which is rarer and more expensive than the retail collection currently on sale. So this is where they'll release like icons and legends of the league. So that's kind of exciting times for the fans to to grab uh, Panini cards. So Vassell Kobe have uh, approached free agent Joshua Gilvergoy with a two-year contract. Uh, the French midfielder who's currently training in uh, France will carefully consider his options before giving his response. So he's a midfielder that's played for Wolfsburg um, and Atletico Madrid. So he's at the twilight of his, um, of his career, but no doubt he's still got a lot to offer. And um, I think it'd be a massive coup if um, Vassil Kobe can bring him in alongside, obviously, one matter that they, they announced last week. Uh, so South Korean and Bayern Munich central defender Kim Min Jae has been named as a nominee for the Ballon d'Or. Uh, Kim Min Jae is a is a very first Asian defender to be nominated for the Ballon d'Or. It goes to show his hard work and ability haven't gone unnoticed for South Korea and Napoli and his new employees, uh, new employers, uh, Bayern Munich. Uh, and also the KFA have announced that South Korea will play a friendly against Vietnam at Suwon World Cup Stadium on the seventeenth of October. And that's all your latest Asian football news. Thank you, Pierce, and. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Football Chuggy podcast. This podcast will be available to listen to on the Football Chuggy YouTube channel and also the Football Chuggy website. Thanks for listening and see you soon. Bye-bye.